Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the newest episode of The Unbalanced Note on the Multimedia Men Podcast Network, where the show is all about those sweet, sweet smelling, sweet, sweet ear, ear music. We're going to come in all the ear pussies today because we have a fantastic special edition episode of the Unbalanced Note. I'm so excited. My name is Brian Kluger and I have the host. I have, I have, not the host, I have an extraordinary guest, a legend in the Filmmaking, the music making, and the art world. Jay Shirts, what's up, man? Man, so great to be here with you, Brian. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I've been excited about it since you told me about it. Uh, many, many thanks. Um, it means the world to me, and it means the world to Space Buckle to get to uh, participate with such uh, a fantastic human as yourself. And such a great platform. So thank you so much for giving us some time. I know that it is very valuable and we are very appreciative. Well, thank you. I feel like we just lubed each other up right now. I'm very <laughs> excited. <laughs> uh so yeah, everybody, I've I've known Jay for quite a while and he is just amazingly talented in so many things uh we're gonna get to that in a little bit but we, we gotta start off first i mean we're living in these lockdown quarantine times i mean i gotta ask you just how how are you doing man just like how are you taking all of this quarantine living at home in you know, uh, I'm living good for being under house arrest. You know, I always figured I'd end up on house arrest for something. I never thought it would be because of a pandemic, but uh, but here we are. And uh, so I've, I've spent a lot of time um, doing writing um, and uh, doing uh, house recordings. You know, you've seen a lot of musicians out there um, putting out some really cool stuff. And I've tried to be one of those, played in some like virtual uh open mics across the country actually and i've had a ball with that playing with uh with musicians uh all around the world in these open mic these virtual open mics and then uh also have you know uh played around with doing the, the you know the home recording uh videos where you know you can uh you know accompany yourself and sing different parts and then I've also dragged my lovely and talented uh, Mrs. Shirts into uh, to doing a duet or two with me. It's been a lot of fun uh, just uh, getting the guitar, the piano, and even the uh, ukulele out and, uh, and playing around. Had a lot of fun, gotten a lot of good feedback. Nice. So, you know, it seems like you're doing pretty well in the quarantine. You're keeping busy with all of the, the uh, all of the creative juices flowing. And, you know, you're mentioning these virtual these virtual music sessions from people across the globe. And that's why I wanted to ask you a little bit uh, before we get into talking about your brand new album, which is on Spotify. Uh, I want to ask about you know, meeting, networking, and just kind of being the, the whole creative process 
living how you I like how you use under house arrest. It came to you this time. Uh, um, how that's been going? Like, do you meet these people online? You set up just like little virtual video and audio sessions, and you do write. You just play music. What's that all about? You know, um, it, Facebook is such a great tool for. Uh, uh, you know, being able to, to meet people that you'd, you'd never get to meet otherwise uh, because, you know, they live across the country. But let, let's say you both have uh, an affinity towards, well, I'll, I'll give a specific example. Um, I, I had uh, years ago played uh, in a town called Longmont, Colorado, which I love that town. I, I try to play there every time that, that I go there. And um, there's a musician, very talented fellow there named, uh, named Brian, um, and, uh, Rizak. And, um, he started a John Prine, um, uh, page on Facebook right around the time that, that John Prine, uh, got diagnosed publicly with the COVID-19. And so Brian reached out to me and said, Hey, I'm going to put together a bunch of, John Prine songs. Um, we're going to do a whole night of it where everybody plays one song on the Facebook Live, which this was my first time to do Facebook Live. Um, and I and I did it wrong right off the bat, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but I was really excited to, to do that. And uh, so I signed up for a slot. And I, um, he gave, uh, you know, I, I signed up for a song and I went up and I, uh, I don't know if you've done Facebook Live before, Brian, but um, as a film person, because uh, my other passion is film work, uh, I, I always set my, my phone up in the, in the horizontal, uh, like it's a movie camera, not the vertical. And uh, the first thing Facebook Live told me when I pushed go was, hey, fix your, your camera, turn it vertical, not horizontal. And that totally threw me, but uh, we got it all figured out, and I played uh, Illegal Smile, and um, it was a really amazing day. The next day, uh, the group got an email from John's wife, John Prine's wife, saying uh, that he was out of ICU and that uh, seeing and hearing his songs played by all these musicians across the country uh had meant so much to him and it and it was it was such a beautiful breakfast that morning knowing that um you know maybe i was part of something that brought uh joy and comfort and you know just really uh drove the point home that that john prine is such a um a national treasure uh, of a songwriter and um so that was that was a big moment so at any rate all that to say through that i started uh plugging in through facebook with these other musicians who had played and um and it's you know it's, it's a web you know next thing you know old jed's a millionaire well hell's bells that uh that's a pretty fascinating story right there i mean you got you're pretty much connected to john prine and that's pretty cool that you know most likely he saw you play that's that's pretty badass i hope so man i gotta tell you that that'd be just one of the biggest thrills of my of my life uh i've i've held john prine 
up as uh, one of the greatest American songwriters since I was, let's see, when did I discover John Prine? I must have been 13 or 14 years old. Wow. So you've just been, you've been a fan for a couple decades now. Well, we won't get into that, but yeah, more than three years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let let me ask, so you've been interested and passionate about music uh, for a long time as well as film. I mean, you kind of, what defines you as who you are is through the music and the films you make. Uh, and listen to and watch, but where did it all begin for you with music? You know, was it, I mean, did it, was it listening to a certain song or a certain musician uh, with your parents or siblings at home when you were young? Was it the first time you bought an album, first time you saw a music video for someone, first time you picked up a guitar? What, What, where did it all begin for you? This is a great question. It's a fun one to answer because it's it's very strange um, in that in my home, um, there wasn't a lot of music owned. Like my parents didn't have a big album collection or anything like that. We we had a piano and my mom played on the piano and there was music certainly in the... Uh, was, there, was there a certain type of music she played? Uh, she would play... Um, uh, the first time ever I saw your face, and that was that's what I remember mom playing uh, and singing when she didn't know that anyone was watching. You know, she's she's a very uh, uh, I wouldn't say she's a very shy woman, but she's she's not a she's not a hey look at me kind of of person like I am. You know, the annoying people like me that are like hey look at what I'm doing. She she just played it for her own enjoyment. Um, but I remember watching and listening to her play that uh, many times. So there, there were there was that element to it. But like as far as radio went, we listened to a lot of uh, uh, in, in my house. The, if the radio was on, a lot of times it was over to talk radio or motivational speaking or uh, something like that. Or like when my dad would uh, would go in for for music, uh, he was a Beach Boys fan, and uh, I always thought that was that was a, an interesting uh, thing that that dad was into. But uh, I'll tell you what what turned me on to music and playing was uh, La Bamba. Do you remember the movie La Bamba? I yes, yes I do. Fantastic movie. Lou Diamond Phillips, right? Yeah, Lou Diamond Phillips. Uh, from this part of the world. Um, uh, but uh, when it came out, I was too young to see it. I wasn't allowed to see it because, you know, it had some um, pretty heavy things for a little kid. I must have been, I don't know, eight, nine, something like that. And But the, the soundtrack was all over the radio and all the kids um, were talking about it. And it was real. it was all of a sudden real cool to be able to play the guitar. And so I was all of a sudden in love with the idea of being a guitar player. And um, I got a a guitar from Mexico um, that was like a a small guitar because I was a small kid. Um, And do you remember uh, which one it was? No, no, I don't. It was it was not uh, not anything to uh, talk to a collector about. It was, you know, it was kind of a novelty uh, 
like tourist guitar, um, you know, on a short scale. Right. And uh, so I, I, but my, but my mom signed me up for guitar lessons, and the first song I learned was La Bamba, and uh, that seems like a pretty difficult song, first song to learn. Uh. <laughs> you know, it, it is a very difficult song. It's a very challenging song, but. I didn't learn that version, you know. I learned C, F, and G chords, and then I learned a little bit of the intro. And then C, F, and G, the rest of the thing. So when you did that, you were just playing guitar. Have you have you found – because I know you're a singer too, so I didn't know if the singing and the guitar playing came hand in hand, or did you discover singing later? Oh, you know, um, so I, I, I sang along with La Bamba. I learned the Spanish words, the whole thing. It was a great, you know, uh, learning experience for, for a little kid because, um, you know, I still know those those words. Um, but um, so I would sing along with that. But, you know, growing up, uh, I my mom had me in church, you know, before I could talk or walk. And so... Uh, there was the music and the singing there at, at church, and that's that's where I cut my you know uh, cut my teeth, as they say, as a singer uh, was singing there at church. All right, so so Richie Valens and the film La Bamba with Lou Diamond Phillips is kind of like your your first step, your spark into wanting to actually play music. Mm-hmm. That 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 is that is great. I just love everything about that. Well, there was also uh, Back to the Future that happened, and you remember Marty McFly tore it up. No, he did. So that was, <clears throat> I mean, so that was cool too. Right, right. That was Huey Lewis uh, and yeah. Chuck Berry. Yeah. yeah, Chuck Berry, Huey Lewis, man, man, Huey Lewis and the News. Talk about a an amazing band, man. Those guys were tight. I don't know when the last time you listened to them were, but man, they they brought it on all cylinders. That I, I love it. So after you got this, you know, guitar from Mexico, when was uh, the first time you actually went out to something like a guitar center or a Target and bought uh, a guitar? Great question. Um, so you got to fast forward several years because you got to remember, I'm, I'm like, you know, and you know, eight years old, something like that. So, but I'm telling you the first trip I took into Austin. So I grew up in Dripping Springs, um, right outside of Austin, which back in my day was a very small town. We had a population sign that said 688 people on it. And, um, so the, my first, uh, I, I got a driver's license and that, like two days later, I'm going into Austin and I'm going to Ray Hitting's um, Heart of Texas Guitars because I had heard about it. I had gotten the uh, the address from like a teacher of mine, um, you know, out of the phone book. Uh, this is, you know, pre-internet, obviously. And it's amazing that we were able to do anything in those days. But uh, I drove my um, my truck, my rebuilt piece of truck. Uh, into Austin, which it probably should have never gone into a city. Um, 
but I, I went to Ray Henning's Heart of Texas Guitar, and I played for hours just hanging out and playing. I, it blew my mind going to this guitar store. And interesting story, later, not that time, because I would go there all the time, all the time. Whenever I had an opportunity, I was going to Ray Henning's. And um, I was in there one day, and Jimmy Vaughn uh, walks in. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And so I, I went over there and said, um, hey, you're Jimmy Vaughn. I'm, uh, I'm very much a, a fan uh, of what you do. And he was like, oh, yeah, thanks, kid. And then Ray uh, kind of made fun of me a little bit because I'm always in there not buying anything and uh, like shooed me off. And, uh, but that's one of the coolest, uh, memories I have was like for the, for the few minutes that they just kind of busted my balls a little bit being the, you know, six, 16, 17 year old kid. Um, you know, it was like, you know, it was like guy fun, you know, you kind of, you, you rib each other a little bit and that's, it's kind of what they did. And, and, you know, and I, I took it and, uh, laughed with it and then went back to playing guitars. That is awesome. That is so cool. Uh, I I just love that you got to do that. I like that you. I mean, the Vaughn. Oh my goodness. That's. I mean, what an experience. Even if it was like very quick and momentary, but that's yeah. something you remember forever. Yeah. Yeah. It was so. I mean, it was such a cool, cool day. And um, yeah, I remember I was trying to learn slide at the time and. Um, he, he told me that I was pushing down too hard that I needed to let the slide, you know, sit above the strings and, um, not to grip it. Like it was my, you know, private, um, uh, parts. And, uh, that was part of the ribbing and it was, it was, it was good. It was a great time. That's cool. That's so cool. So you're, you're, you've got your guitar, you're singing, you're, uh, trying to do bands and whatnot, and then you form uh, what you, you form this band called Space Buckle, and I'm curious, who, how did you form this, and why call it Space Buckle? Uh, this is great. There's more good stories. Uh, so um, Eric Pearson, the, the piano player, uh, singer of, of Space Buckle, and I um, – were uh, we were sharing a classroom where I was teaching film and he was teaching um, history, I think. And um, we we had you know because we're sharing a room, we have a lot of time to just you know hey you know tell me about yourself as a human. And we both find out that we are we have both just left a band. Um, I had just gotten out of uh, a, a band called Kingfisher, which was a really great band when it was going, and uh, played with some really great people there. Um, it, it, it just kind of ran its course and had to go, uh, in a, you know, separate ways. And he had just left a band called Losing Anna, um, uh, which also is a really cool band, and that was a much bigger band uh, as far as like it had a, a lot more uh, members to it, and they. They did primarily covers where, where Kingfisher did a lot of originals. Um, but uh, any rate, so we, we started just playing together and thought, okay, this 
this we, we have a good uh, vibe here. We we sang harmony together real well. We kind of mixed in just kind of uh, very naturally, and so um, we wanted to uh, see if we could start it up as a band. So we searched out and found Bob uh, through the uh, interwebs. Uh, uh, legend has it through the Adult Connections part of Craigslist. Um, which is a great place to find drummers because they're very uh, adventurous people. <laughs> and um, and uh, so, what fetish did you type in for this? <laughs> oh, man, it's been so long. It had to be something to do with with bondage, but I, I you know, I couldn't tell you with any honesty uh, or clarity. So uh, just chalk it up to something that you don't want to bring up at Thanksgiving. All right. Um, and uh, Bob, man, Bob is, he's amazing. He's an amazing musician. And the thing about amazing musicians is they usually know other amazing musicians. And so Bob says, you know, we're looking for a bass player. He's like, man, I know a cat that's the best guitar player in the world. I don't know if he's ever played bass or not, but... I've heard him say that he he'd be interested in trying it, and so we were like, "Hey, you know, call him up. Let's try it out." And so Bob calls up TJ, and I don't know if you know this about TJ, but TJ is one of the best guitar players ever, ever, ever. This cat chews it up, and so at any rate, he's played. He's never played bass before. He's only played guitar. Um, on a like very high level. I mean, the, the guy's amazing. And um, Bob tells him, you know, what we're trying to do. And TJ's like, ah, you know, this is an excuse to try something new. You know, um, TJ, like Bob, is very open-minded and exploratory. So maybe not the same fetish way, but uh, musically. And uh, so he goes out and buys a bass guitar to join Space Buckle. So he buys a bass guitar brings it over to Bob's where we, we rehearse. Bob has a, a rehearsal room out behind his house that's soundproof and all that. And uh, come to find out, uh, TJ is not only a uh, very talented guitarist, he is a badass on the bass. And it takes no time at all for him to just uh, transfer all those skills that he had as a guitarist over onto the bass guitar and the best part of playing with TJ is he's constantly giving me free guitar lessons because I won't be able to play something that we want to be able to play. And he's like, oh, yeah, let me teach you real quick. And so he just teaches me. And then I'm like, oh, that was awesome. Now I know how to play it. Um, but uh, so that was the formation of Space Buckle. And then so we went out and started playing places like um, Molly McGuire's uh, – Kind of like the pub circuit, the Dallas pub circuit. Yeah, just kind of hitting the pubs, you know. And and you know, with Space Buckle and stuff like that, and you got this really talented and wonderful, fantastic band. How did you all gel together? Was it all like friendly, you know, going in, just wanting to play, get drinks or something like that? Were you playing covers? Were you wanting to do original stuff first? Or you were just having fun being together and playing music no matter what it was? You know, um, 
the the space buckle guys are all so very zen just cool cats and um we started out playing uh primarily covers um but eric was very passionate about uh you know starting to uh, get some original stuff that we could hang our own hat on and um so eric and i uh we we sat down and we uh we wrote Betty, which uh, which is the first track on on Buckle Up, our new EP. And um, how long ago was that? How long ago did you write Betty? Oh, I don't know. That was that was a couple years ago for sure. Um, so we sat on that for a while, and you know, played it in. Um, so so was that when the so your 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 new album, your your EP, Buckle Up. This is y'all's first album, and with the with Eric wanting to do more original music and write, is this how the album first took shape? Like from Betty, and then you were like, "We should do more." Is that kind of how that happened? As soon as Eric was uh, excited about um, uh, doing originals, the rest of us got on board real fast, and then um, I, I have. Uh, a um a real flair towards towards writing songs and so i would write a song and i'd bring it into the to the group and then we would write it you know like it would be unfinished you know what i'm saying it's not like it wasn't in in stone and then I'd, so i'd bring bring them this and then we'd we'd work through it and then i had you know i had like i35 i'd been playing for years i played it with with kingfisher the the band before um uh, space buckle but it was in a much different shape and so space buckle kind of made it its own um so like when you when you look at buckle up uh betty um that was a a eric and jay vehicle um that we brought to space buckle and then the other songs were were things that i brought to space buckle and we space buckled up and uh made for the album that 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 sounds like like you're right on track to do something great. So, oh man, let me tell you, let me tell you a little story about COVID nineteen. So, <laughs> uh, Space Buckle is in the process of making a full length LP, and we have four songs done, and then all this stuff happens, and we can't go back into the studio, and so that's why we we um, we've put out this EP because we're just you know chomping at the bit to get this music out to people and the people that we had let hear it were like man you got to get this out this is great and um so there's another half of this album that's going to be a full-length album that we just haven't been able to get back into the studio to finish because of this lockdown so in the midst of this lockdown we had four that were done and we were like you know what let's put it out there Let's EP it up. Let's see what people think about it. And then as soon as, you know, we're able, let's get back into the studio and finish this sucker and we'll have a full length. All right. So that is crazy. So just because everybody's in quarantine and lockdown, the band Space Buckle just wasn't able to get in there and finish the entire album, which probably was it 10 songs. Yeah. Right now we're sitting at 10 songs. Um, we have an 11th that we're kind of playing with, but we're not sure if it, if it, because 
this album has always felt kind of like a road album. Um, I don't know if you noticed about the EP, but like every song on the EP has something about the road uh, to it. Um, you know, Betty, she's out on the road. I thirty five, obviously. It's right. Well, so, like when know. when I'm when I'm listening, because you know, I listen to the EP, you know, with songs like I thirty five, spinning the wheels, Betty, the world I used to be. You know, a lot of the times when I'm listening to an album, listening to a song, and you know, I like to listen to it in the car, and I want to know how I feel with it, how I jam to it, if I'm happy about it if i'm nervous or chaotic with it but with buckle up i feel like i'm on route 66 (laughs) i feel like i'm in an old classic vintage vehicle with the top rolling down and i've got my sunglasses on i've got the dog in the passenger side and i'm on a road to nowhere really and i'm just literally living for the music and that's what Buckle up did for me listening to it. So it's the best review I could ever hope for, man. That's so great. Thank you for saying that. That made my day. Oh, oh, you're welcome. No, I I feel like that. It's just it's got I mean, we're gonna talk about it, but uh I mean, was that is that kind of like the overall feel, the overall gist, the tone that y'all are going for? Oh yeah. In fact, um when we were throwing around names for the salt for the for the EP. The first, the first name that got thrown out was Road Tunes, and then, um, then it was Songs from the Road, and then it was the the Roadless Road, and then it was, you know, like it all started there. And then I think it was Bob. I think it was was it Bob? Man, guys, as you listen to this, if it wasn't Bob, I I, I apologize to whoever it was, but I think it was Bob that was like, "What about Buckle Up? It says everything about the road without being, you know, obvious road." And um, everyone was like, oh, yeah, that's that's totally smart. Nice, nice. So when writing the songs, you, you wrote the song. So was this a collaborative effort? Did everybody turn in a song? Did one person come up with something and everybody chip in? How did that go? Um, everybody, everybody worked on all the songs, for sure. All of those songs are space buckle songs, 100%. Um, that being said... Uh, you know, the, the best way that I've found to write a song is for someone to bring it in and hand it all over to the band and be like, hey, this is what I'm working on. You guys help me make it uh, to what it needs to be. And so I was that guy. I, I tended to be the, the um, you know, the, the song starter. Um, so on, on this one, Betty and uh, Betty, Eric and I wrote together, but other than that, I brought them to the band and then the band made them what they are. All right. And then when you go into record, is everybody, can you, can you describe me a little bit of a, like a, a brief process of you going in? Are you just, are you doing it live? Are you recording live? Are you doing track demos on like Pro Tools? Are you, what, what, how's that going? Well, I'll tell you this, man. Um, we were really fortunate to uh, get to record uh, at Niles City Sound out of Fort Worth, which it was made famous by Leon Bridges uh, recording his uh, Coming Home album there. And in fact, even uh, crediting that the, the Niles City Sound crew with being co-authors uh, of his songs on that, which was which was amazing and weird. And how does that happen? You don't, it doesn't make sense until you get there and you work with uh, those guys at Nile city sound. And you're like, Oh yeah, 
they're not just sitting back. They're they're playing with you. They're like they're not really playing instruments, but they're like, hey, what about this idea? Hey, what about this idea? They're they are participants in the art, and that was such a cool thing that we were able to do that. Um, but it is definitely a old school vintage machine, you know, um, low uh, lo fi feeling kind of place uh, to where like the the I'll tell you that you're going to geek out about this, Brian. The uh, the the control panel that they used to record uh, Buckle Up was. Uh, was used for um, Bob Dylan, was used for The Grateful Dead, was used. Whoa. Yeah, on and on. I mean, this is like old school stuff, man. That's this badass. is. Yeah, yeah. They had machines out of like the 40s in there that we were utilizing. Um, and, you know, they, they take a real. Um, they take a real concentration towards microphones and they find microphones that have a real interesting uh, and specific flavor to them. So they're not just like hearing, they're they're participating. The microphones are like participants in this thing. And um, uh, we worked with Joel, uh, Joel Rafe. He was amazing as our uh, um, producer, engineer, and um, took care of us and brought ideas. And uh, but at any rate, to, uh, long story short, when we get there. Joel sets us up as a band because uh, they have a really cool setup there at Niles City Sound um, to where the control room is up on the second story looking down on the band. And the band has a real big room with with all kinds of badass guitars and amps and a piano and drums and everything set up. And uh, so the band can just kind of play together and then and they mic everybody up. And then we go in afterwards and hit any uh, punch-ups that we need to do, any secondary instrumentation. Because, I mean, if you listen to uh, Buckle Up, you'll notice that there's a lot more instruments uh, being represented than there are guys in the band. There's only four of us. And, you know, I'm here to tell you I played four different guitars on every track. Um, there's there's piano, there's organ, there's there's... Uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Um, and so we, we would just kind of layer it in and then, and then do the vocals, uh, as well on a, so once you like put all that in, then you go in and like clean up any vocals and, and harmonies that you want to do, uh, with, with the vocals. And, uh, but yeah, we, we shot everything you hear on, um, on, uh, buckle up. And again, it's, it's, it's the first part of a longer record, but we did that in very few days because uh, Space Buckle was so tight and because Joel at uh, Nile City Sound was so um, just knocked it out of the park every day. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so we there's – in. In the past, we feared all we we we've seen and heard all these great stories of rock musicians, country uh, folk singers who go on tour or recording their albums, and uh, they would tell in interviews that sex, drugs, rock and roll, booze would pay would play uh, 
maybe even a small or a very vital role in the making of their album or even in the writing. So is that true for any space buckle at all? Man, I guess we're just not that cool. Um, so, I mean, Betty, if you listen to Betty, it's definitely, I mean, it's a, it's a song about, you know, a woman who's been done wrong just one too many times. So there was like a lot of the whole, you know, me too movement in the back of our minds about, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a murder ballad, you know, and that's a, that's a classic country and Western, uh, trope right there. The murder, murder ballad. Um, this, this one happens to be like, you know, Betty, she's taking all she's going to have. She's going after it. She's going to, so, you know, it could be that the, the fellas that did her wrong were into the drugs and the sex and the rock and roll. I don't know. Um, I 35 is, uh, you know, it's it's pretty much about a a, a lonely fella who uh, who you know tried to have the normal life, trying to have the you know it's far reaches from supposed to be's is one of the lines there. Uh, so it sounds like that guy was trying to have the normal life and it just didn't work for him. So now he's you know he's drinking himself into a stupor. Um, you know, too many days I have to fight just to stand because too many nights I light my brain. Um, spinning wheels, uh, starts right off with hit the bottle and hit the road. Um, that, you know, sharing lines with the road ahead. Um, so it's definitely, a uh, uh, commentary on, on escapism, um, and, uh, you know, how one can find those things in chemicals. Right. <laughs> and, and then uh, the world I used to be, again, I think that's more about the, the, the worst drug of all, and that's, you know, love. Love is the most damaging drug that any of us ever participate in. That's the one that will ruin you. There you go. Yeah. So, Amen. Amen to yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, let me talk about the album artwork. I'm looking at it, and I can't fucking look away from it. I don't know why. It's I, – I just love the – uh, image of kind of like the open road, the country, the clouds, the blue sky, the the telephone poles and the road, and then the sign, you know, kind of like a speed limit sign, but it's like buckle up and somebody kind of like spray paint space buckle on it, which I think is cool. But it also gives me like uh, a feeling of like a mysterious, like there's something out there that I'm not seeing, kind of like almost like a UFO, but there's something like music that I have yet to see that's going to pop up and you know beam me up to their music so that i don't know who love uh, it um who who came up with the artwork how'd that come about um i i did that in uh in lockdown you know um part of my training with with film is being uh familiar and uh capable uh on some levels with photoshop and that sort of a thing so the the background photo was a photo that I had taken years ago that was just out in the middle of West Texas, um, and um, I put it through some filters and kind of rusted it up a little bit, and then um, the the sign, the buckle up sign, that was uh, that was taken of an actual um, sign of you know buckle up, and then I just kind of uh, I took out. So the, originally the sign said, buckle up, it's the law. And then I erased it's the law, and then I spray painted in space buckle underneath of it. 
um, and just put that together. And, and that, that felt like, uh, that felt like it, it, it grabbed, um, it grabbed the spirit of, of what we were trying to do with, with buckle up. All right. All right. I like that. Um, so Thanks. go ahead, go ahead. I just said thank you. Oh, no, of course, of course. I'm really enjoying this. Uh, so now that it's been out, uh, people are starting to listen to it. What What do you feel like when you listen to it? Are you, are you somebody that's like, oh, I fucking can't listen to my music, I can't watch my own movies, or is it something like, yeah, put that on repeat? You know, you know uh, man, I have had more joy listening to just driving around because you know we're all in lockdown so like i i take drives i just drive around i don't get out of the car i don't go i'm not going anywhere i'm just driving around and i have listened to buckle up over and over and over again and i keep thinking i'm going to get tired of it and go back to listening to something else some other music or maybe even a you know a podcast or whatever and the next song starts and I'm like, okay, after this song, I'll, I'll put on, you know, the, you know, some Joe Rogan podcast or something, but no, I just keep going, uh, and, and loving it. And, uh, it's interesting. Uh, you, you hear people talk about, um, how, when they put out something, they're like, okay, that's out there. It's, it's a record now. If it, it's, it's out there in the public forum, it is. It is speaking my truth for me. God forbid the bolt of lightning takes me out. Uh, at least there's that. At least I've gotten that out there. And I feel that a lot. Like, man, between that and I, I remember feeling that a lot around Jesse, um, that my short film, Jesse. I remember when that ended, I was like, you know, I feel like I've communicated something very specific to myself um, that if God forbid the the lightning bolt takes me out, at least people could look back at Jesse and be like, you know, this this tells us a little bit about Shirtsy. Um and so I can communicate that way. I like it. I like that. Uh so the album's out, it's on Spotify. We're still under quarantine, however, after the quarantine is lifted, we can start making it out to the bars and clubs and restaurants and outside areas to party. But as well as being home and doing virtual shows, when can I and the listeners expect a live performance, a live show of this EP? Man, as soon as we are – me and we are chomping at the bit. We want to get – we had to cancel – um, you know, when this, when this whole COVID, uh, thing happened, even before they called it COVID, I guess it was still being called Corona. Um, man, we had three months of gigs disappear on us overnight. Um, so, I mean, space buckles ready to go as soon as, uh, the powers that be tell us it's safe to do so. And again, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not being, uh, you know, complacent about that. I understand that we all have to be safe and we all have to have, um, you know, the, the, the good of, of society's health in our mind. So I'm not suggesting that we go, you know, uh, Mardi Gras on this thing. I'm saying once it's safe, man, space buckle's ready to go. And there's plenty of places that want to have space buckle and we'll get back out there. And even more exciting to me is we'll get back over to Nile city music and record the rest of this album. Cause 
those guys are amazing and we have some really great uh songs um even i i love the songs that are on buckle up but we got a couple that are even better that we just haven't finished yet and we need to get back in there and finish them um so that will be that will be coming i i can't wait i can't wait uh so here here's a here's a question for you what you've it seems like you've lived this creative life. You've met a lot of people. You've done a lot of creative things. What, what is your most thrilling music experience? And then it can be anything from seeing a concert to buying your first record that blew your mind. So, it, like for example, one of my most thrilling music experiences is the first time I went to the symphony and I saw John Williams, the film composer, live. You know, he did Star Wars. He did yeah. Jaws. So. The, awesome. My most thrilling experience was that, but it wasn't when he was playing like that opening fanfare for Star Wars. It was the band tuning up, hearing every single instrument warming up, the uh, the percussion section just going at it, the woodwinds, the brass, and then when uh, John Williams came up, you know, to the podium and did that. That that for me is one of my most thrilling moments. Uh, but for you, what 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 is it for you? Man, that's such a great question, Brian. That is such a huge question. And, you know, my mind races through. I, I have so many cool experiences. I mean, I, I don't, um, you know, uh, Eric Clapton did his first, uh, you know, Crossroads Guitar Festival here in Dallas. You remember that? I do remember that. I'm on the DVD, man. If you go to oh. the Joe Walsh part, you, you can see Jay Shirt's with no shirt on uh, and a red bandana around his head and hair down to his shoulders, rocking out to Joe Walsh. That was a that was an amazing day. But I'll tell you, um, probably the time that it was just like it solidified in my head that music needed to be something that I never never walk away from was uh, seeing Willie Nelson at the backyard in Austin, Texas, when I was underage because my buddy's sister was a beautiful girl and she flirted with the uh, bouncer and he let me and my buddy in and we walked right up to the stage and watched Willie Nelson play the backyard, which is, uh, I don't know if you if you know the, the venue, but it's not a big venue anyway. And we were right up front and just, and there was at one point in the in the uh, the show when he was playing on the road again. He was playing on the road again, and I turned around. I put my back to Willie Nelson, and I looked at all the people that were singing along with him and just having the time of their lives. And I thought, "Oh, this is it. This is the thing. This is uh, this is what you don't walk away from." And that sticks in my head. That uh, that that is badass. I, I I too have a Willie Nelson story. Uh, music, yes, but I I got to I did meet Willie. I went up to his tour bus after a concert one time in Kansas, and I just said, "Hey, I go to the university here. I just want to say what a great show you played." And his um, uh, the manager was like, "Oh, come on in and tell him yourself." So I went I went up there in his tour bus. 
and we smoked a joint together. No kidding. <laughs> I oh, have I have pictures of it. This was back in two thousand three, I think. I had a jean oh, jacket. If I on. never heard this story. That's your best. That's one of your best, right there, buddy. No, yeah, no, it's great. I'll send you a picture of it. But I was I was shocked at first on how short Willie Nelson is. But yeah, he's not. A, he's not a tall fellow. No, he's not. And we just had a good old time. He was chill, super friendly, and just. Shot the shit for like 15, 20 minutes on his tour bus right after the show before they left. And it was that's uh, amazing. Yeah, that's... I, I still have the picture of us together. <laughs> wow. No, and let me ask you this the obvious question. Um, now, I'm not a connoisseur of, of, of the, uh, the marijuana myself, uh, as far as like, you know, what, what it, uh, the different stages of it, but was this like top grade stuff that just knocked you on your butt and you had to, you know, reconsider your whole life uh, afterwards? Was it just like mind melting or? No, it was, it, was, it put me in a real chill place. Like I was like, I feel good. You know, it wasn't like, you know, it put me in the couch or anything and had to like eat a 10 tons of food. It was more like, I just feel good. I want to go out after this. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's awesome. It That's was awesome. real chill. It was lovely. And it was just like a one-of-a-kind experience that I never thought I would have. And, you, know, you know, in 2003, this is before social media or camera oh, phones yeah. or anything like that. So it was – I'm glad I had like my old school like uh, camera with me to take a picture and get developed. So that was cool. That's so cool, man. That was cool. That was three. Golly, that what a what a time. I am I'm glad we both have Willie Nelson. Uh so here's here's a fun question for you. So you are so in relation to Buckle Up and Space Buckle album, you're you wrote, you produced, you sing, you play instruments, uh, you did the album artwork. So there's a um a popular meme, an internet meme that has been going around for years and years. And it kind of has like four different images uh, in the picture. And one of them says, this is what my parents think I do. And it might be a picture of a musician playing on the side of the street asking for money. This is what my friends think I do. And you're all like on top of a rock concert uh, stage playing to thousands of people. This is what my wife thinks I do. And then it's like maybe serenading. But then there's the image. This is what I actually do. And with you in so many roles as jack of all trades on this album, what would you say is the image of you, what you actually did on this album? And I, I tell you, if I, if I was able to, to paint a picture of this, I would want to, to convey just how much of a tribal effort this has been. The, this is a space buckle album, and Joel Rafe in the, in the booth at Nile City Sound, that guy uh was without him it'd be a totally different thing as well but like it's a band of brothers kind of a thing um uh, and that's and that's a a truth um Er eric bob tj these these are my my dear 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 friends and collaborators and um they they always have good ideas and uh when they don't have good ideas it spawns another good idea from someone else and everybody's cool like nobody has ego so i i don't know really how to answer the the like what is it that i really do but i think that 
like maybe as you were you were posing the question, I, I was thinking, and those are all true things. I did all of those things. That's true. I I wrote songs. I, I played instruments. I, I did album art. I did that thing. But the, the truth would be a picture full of my space buckle compadres and Joel Rafe as well uh, in – um, Nile City music around the control booth, hugging each other as tightly as we could because that's where the the magic happened. Because and I'm I'm here to tell you those those guys did did so much, especially uh, in post between uh, between TJ and and Joel. They just you know it, it is a it is a definite everybody brought everything they had and put and poured it in time and time again and no one ever grumbled well i might, i think i probably grumbled the most <laughs> everybody else was was cool i just grumbled because it was funny um i like to uh to you know put in put in a little giggle every once in a while so it's funny when somebody grumbles so uh but yeah that that'd be the i don't know if that answers your question or not but uh but that would be the biggest thing that I want to make sure everybody understands is that this is a space buckle album. All right. And uh, one of my, one of my last questions for you out of the songs that are available on the buckle up album, what song is the best to have sex with? (laughs) Uh, Like (laughs) uh, playing in the background, I would hope. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, man, man, we need to work on that. There's not a lot of good ones for that. I would say probably spinning wheels is is the best, and that's just because it has that like that like '80s driving you know beat to it that you know maybe you could set your wristwatch to or something. <laughs> um, but uh, no one wants to uh, to get romantic to a song about killing your lovers. That's petty. <laughs> No one wants to get romantic to a song about your your old loves. That's the world I used to be. And I-35, man, that's about running away. It's not about uh, getting down. So uh, I I guess Spinning Wheels is our best one. Maybe we should work on that. Maybe we we need a let's get it on. We need one of those, you know? All right, spinning wheels. I like it. Uh, yeah, that wraps up this this edition of the Unbalanced Notes, uh, part of the Multimedia and Podcast Network. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio. Uh, and I want to thank Jay Shirtle for coming on the show. Uh, Jay, I know the album can be found online. Please tell everyone where they can find you, find the album, download the album, all of that good stuff. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Brian. And again, before I, I get to that, I just want to say what a uh, tremendous opportunity this was. And thank you so much for uh, including uh, myself and, and Space Buckle in, in uh, all of, all of uh, your show, which uh, is, is so amazing. But uh, so uh, Buckle Up can be found at uh, Amazon Music, uh, Spotify, uh, Deezer, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Apple Music, iTunes, um, Napster, Pandora, uh, Shazam, Spotify. I already said Spotify. Uh, Target Media, YouTube uh, Music, 
we're we're all over the place. We're we're any place that uh, people can hold their head up and still go to the internet. That's where we are. Like it. The the band is Space Buckle, and the new album is called Buckle Up. Give it a listen to. You are going to be so satisfied that you listened to this album, uh, and you're probably just going to put it on repeat like I have. So, uh, Jay, thank you again. Thank you, Brian.